0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Valor Outdoor Sportsman's Podcast. Brought to you by Valor Game Calls, G93 Outdoors, and Capturing the Hunt. Here we go. What's up, what's up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the Valor Outdoor Sportsman's Podcast. This is episode number three Uh, it's been cool to see everyone tuning into the past couple episodes the feedback we've gotten so thank you all so much for supporting us checking out the podcast uh i'm pumped up that music gets me fired up so i'm excited about tonight it's going to be an awesome episode before we get into the episode a couple of i wanted to mention our sponsors uh so first we have g93 outdoors of course colt was on the podcast uh the first episode they do. We do duck hunting, we do waterfowl hunting, uh, whitetail, exotics, anything that you can uh, want to hunt, we pretty much guide those hunts. So if you are looking for something in Texas this year, hit us up on socials. Uh, we'd love for you to be on a hunt with us. Uh, the second Valor Game Calls, my personal company. We make duck calls, goose calls, varmint calls, all handmade, all custom. We can make any color, uh, anything you want. We can hand-tune your calls f- specific to you. And so, uh, hit us up on socials as well. We'd love to make you a, a duck caller, a goose caller, a varmint call, capturing the hunt. Our good buddy Lath Taylor uh, does hunting photography. He's in the blind with us a lot, taking pictures. We're going to start doing videography with him this season, doing some YouTube stuff. So, any—it's uh, so cool to be out there with him and to see him uh, just capturing these hunts uh, through photography. Uh, he's photographed my son's first turkey hunt. It's just cool to have those pictures forever. So if you, uh, he's great at what he does. If you ever want pictures of a hunt that you're going on, be sure to contact Capturing the Hunt on social media. A-Bear's Custom Decoy Rigs, Damon down in Louisiana, makes incredible rigs. We use them on all of our setups, and uh, I cannot get these things to tangle, which I love. I hate dealing with uh, <laughs> rigs all the time that tangle up, and you can't uh, you can't hunt, and you're, you're running late. So a uh, bears custom decoy rigs on socials uh, they are awesome you will not be disappointed and the price point is just right in there with with big box big box stores so go check him out green fox marketing we're sitting in their studio right now uh, they're out of granbury texas they do all kinds of uh, internet marketing websites social media campaigns they're helping us with a rebrand right now for valor Uh, they're just great guys. They're a couple of my really close friends, Eric and Zeke are co-owners of the company. So if you need any kind of marketing for your company, whatever it may be, they would love to help you with that. And you're going to have a blast working with those guys for sure. The last guy I want to talk about the last company is Rowdy Fowl Lanyards. Uh, this is a, a guy that I, I got connected with a couple months ago. His name's Eric Mitchell. He lives in Burleson, Texas. And, uh, Another friend of mine that I guide with gave me one of his lanyards, and I was blown away. I loved it. I've used other lanyards in the past. uh, And for me, the design of the lanyard, it's got to be functional. There's some things that I look for when I'm wanting a waterfowl lanyard. And uh, when I got his, man, it just blew me away. It's got a a cool band around the bottom of it. And one of the coolest things about it, uh, the bottom of it, if you put your dog, uh, your e-collar remote on the bottom of it or whatever it may be, you can clip it off, and on the clip is actually a built-in dog whistle. So you don't have to put a dog whistle on your on your lanyard. You can, it's right there built in, and so I love that feature of it. Uh, he can do any color, any design, whatever you want. So check him out, again, on socials, Rowdy Fowl. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, you'll see him on there. So uh, tonight I have a really cool guest with me. I'm pumped to have him here. Uh, this is J.R. Weber. What's up, buddy? What's going
1: on, man? Glad on, to be here. Thanks yeah, for the invite.
0: Absolutely, man. So uh, me and Jr. have uh, hunted, hunted ducks together for a while. Over the past few seasons, we're going to get into a lot of his story and why he's here. But before we do that, uh, before the episode started, I said I'm going to do some honorable mention sponsors that aren't really sponsored the show, but these are products that, man, I don't know if I could live without them. For sure, right? That's right. So the first one is going to be Charmin toilet paper. Yeah. Man, like if you don't have a roll of Charmin or a roll of toilet paper in general in your duck, uh, your your blind bag, you're going to be in trouble.
1: Be in a bind. If duck season was this March, we would have been in a bind.
0: <laughs> we would have been in a bind, man. Uh, Colt calls it the old white rose of Texas when he has to put the, <laughs> <laughs> the toilet paper into place. So uh, I love, you got to have toilet paper uh the second is going to be cornhole boards in general like that's one of my favorite things uh i just like at the after a hunt you're sitting around the fire the night camping whatever you got to get the cornhole boards out and throw some bags right so uh i love cornhole boards and for some reason i think it goes hand in hand with duck hunting do you play much cornhole
1: absolutely yeah yes. let's
0: play cornhole all right we've never have we played cornhole uh we played washers washers yeah. i'm also a big washer fan yeah either one you know yeah. guys just competing you know, yeah. and if you shoot ducks
1: poorly in the morning, maybe you go out and beat your friend. It's maybe you can home. redeem yourself right, maybe, that evening. <laughs> or you could just go home totally unhappy. You could beat it both. Absolutely.
0: And then uh, the last honorable mention sponsor is we're sponsored by Ty. That's it. All right. So getting into the episode, uh, man. So I want to talk about our friendship, where it started, um, how we got to know each other, and then what that looked like back then. So... Uh, from what I remember, uh, we were going to church together in Stephenville, and you, uh, man, we just started kind of talking. Our, uh, I knew your wife from school, yeah. So that was kind of a connection we had, and we got got connected through church, and then we started talking waterfowl one day, and uh, we'll get to this in a bit. Going on the first hunt, but uh, that's how we kind of got to know each other. Went to church for a while, started hanging out, went on some vacations together. And uh, it's fun, man. We don't live in the same town now, so we miss y'all for sure. But, uh, man, tell me about your story, your background, uh, family, growing up, hunting, what got you into hunting, why you love it, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, first of all, uh, married to uh, my wife of almost 14 years, 14 years next month. Nice. So I have a ten-year-old daughter. Uh, neither one of them like hunting as much as I do, but <laughs> my get to take my daughter every once in a while. She actually got her first uh, harvested her first deer last year. That was exciting. Uh, hard to get her up, you know. Duck hunting. A good morning is typically cold, and and, uh, and it's early. She doesn't like to get up early, and she doesn't like to be cold. So it's not a good combination. No. But uh, we're coming up on dove season. She she does like to get out with me and do that, and we've done it multiple times with yes. Both of our daughters.
0: Yeah, so last season I remember we went out dove hunting mm-hmm. and we met out at the ranch. And uh, my our daughters love hanging out together. Right. And uh, you showed up with a cooler and a bottle of Chester Cheeto Puffs for her. And they just sat there and <laughs> ate Chester <laughs> Cheeto Puffs. This is the greatest day. Yeah. They're like, this is the greatest day ever. That's right. There Couldn't get go. them off
1: the tailgate after that. That's right. But uh, yeah, so back history, you know, I grew up in Stephenville, Texas, still live there. And, uh, you know, uh, grew up on the golf course, and my my dad is actually from New York, Long Island, New York. So I
2: did not know that.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> don't tell people.
1: <laughs> no, we'll I, keep I, that quiet. I, yeah, the the rest of my family, you know, I, I have Texas Rangers in, in my mom's side of the family, so that kind of redeems that, but uh, not the baseball players either. But <laughs> uh, anyway, grew up on the golf course. We didn't get to we, – we hunted birds and squirrels with BB guns, things like that, but we mostly fished. Um, but I did, my mom of the family's all from Lano, which, uh, I'm not sure if you know it or not. That's the, uh, whitetail capital of Texas. And if you know much about whitetail, that's pretty much whitetail capital of the world. Lots of whitetails. So
0: I didn't know it was the whitetail capital. I knew they it have is. great bar- they, bar- barbecue for sure. Yeah. Cooper's, Cooper's. The original Cooper's. Is oh man. Yeah. But it'll it, they, sponsor they, the show too. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> need nice. There you go.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, that's their claim to fame. If you drive by the courthouse, it's it claims that they're the whitetail capital of texas really yeah so uh what's that
0: i said there we go man
1: yeah but uh grew up I, i never i didn't harvest my first deer till i was 16 years old but sitting in blinds with uncles grandfathers dad things along those lines uh my my dad i i did go with him a couple of times that that he harvested one and he, he wasn't the best shot. We typically had to. We always joked that Barry carried rope and and uh, your Rambo K-bar. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna have to finish it off. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, grew up doing that. My my uncle always had deer leases, so you know, once I could drive, it, he'd tell me meet him at the deer lease any weekend. So he he's really the one that really got me into hunting, and and uh, you know, we still hunt together to this day. I've, Got my deer lease in Mexico, and, and he went down there with me two years ago. We got to spend five days together, and it it was just awesome to get to repay, you know, all those years that, that he took me to do that. And
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to bring up your hunting lease in Mexico. Uh, so I, I don't go anywhere without bringing that up.
3: <laughs> you love that. <laughs> I love that place.
0: Dude, so tell us a little bit about this place, if you can. Like, yeah. you told I've never been. He's invited me. I haven't it hadn't lined up that I could go yet. I want to go so bad, but... Tell, this place sounds awesome.
1: It's remarkable. It's down uh, close to Del Rio, Texas, which is the Chihuahuan Desert, and uh, so it's it's an arid uh, environment. But there's, uh, I, I guess they'd be considered mountains, but they're just really big hills. Uh, it's fifty thousand acres. My lease is the family owns at hundred I think forty thousand acres, contiguous. So all of the neighboring ranches are, are I mean. As far as you could see, your drive. I, I'll take people to the top of the hill in the middle of the place, and I'll say, "You see that hill over there? Yeah, that's so. That's the border of one side. And <laughs> Way then it goes over there. That same distance over there, and it just blows people away. Fifty thousand acres uh, is the size of a uh, Somerville County. You know, Glen Rose. Yeah, it's huge. It's a massive place. <laughs> but, uh, lots of varmints, quail, dove. I mean, for for an outdoorsman, it's uh, it it's just an outdoorsman's paradise. It's awesome.
0: Yeah." Uh, what is, so you, used, you brought back, like, is there a lot of cats down there, mountain lions, all that kind there of
1: stuff? There is. Uh, in fact, last year, one of our hunters was was hunting whitetail, and, and uh, there was a mountain lion cruising the cliff across from him, and, and he, he bagged him. There you go. Yeah.
0: I, I lots remember of ducks. Oh, go lots ahead. of ducks, too?
1: Oh, man. It's on the Rio Grande, and it's up from Lake Amstead, so whenever Amstead catches enough water that, that the Rio Grande is kind of the backwater. Mm-hmm. it's it's just a swamp and it's willows and grass and it i mean it's a it's a jungle of waist deep water and it is incredible i've At, seen wads of 300 teal down the river
0: uh i'm sold like yeah, go. <laughs> here we go uh, i remember you showed me one time like a claw from a line uh, a cat mm-hmm. that y'all had found that i was just blown yeah. away with how big that thing was yeah so
1: and what's really cool is there's a full-time trapper on the on the neighbor's ranch the the brother's place and I have access to hit to uh, that the the guy that runs it, the Sun is we've kind of become friends. I follow him on Instagram, and uh, but uh, they have a full time trapper, and, and I tell him every time, hey, save your save your line heads, and I'll come give you twenty bucks for them. Yeah, and so I've brought them home and given them to so many people, and it, it, it they trap on average about one a month, twelve a year. So that wow, it's, it's a wild country, man.
0: Yeah, well, uh, man, it's uh, it sounds super cool. I'm I would. I'm excited to go sometime. We're, yeah, absolutely. Uh we're kind of talking about something this season. So I'd love to love to get down there for sure. Yeah. Uh so your your dad didn't hunt a lot being from New York. Mm-hmm. I guess he doesn't hunt yeah. much up there at all. No. <laughs> Not, Not at, at all. Well, so well. sixteen was your first deer. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh and then you what was like the the turning point for you with waterfowl? Like you hunted deer growing up, but then mm. what was that first like waterfowl experience where you're like, Oh, this is it?
1: Yeah, so I worked with a guy that was an avid duck hunter. He still, You know, it's funny, he, he kind of, uh, he's gotten big time into bow hunting. And he had a lease that was covered in mallards, and it was up by Lake Texoma, so you would get some geese, canvas backs, so you'd get a little bit of everything. And it was just a phenomenal duck lease, and that's what he got it for, but it's in a well-known uh, Texas county that produces trophy whitetail. And you can only bow hunt this one county. It's the only county in Texas. I think it's Hagerman. Uh, it's next. It's close to the Hagerman Reserve. But anyway, uh, he got really involved in bow hunting. And he kind of, he'll duck hunt a few times a year, but not yeah. near like it was. But he got me, uh, he talked to me about it all the time. He's like, man, you, I have a local ranch that I get to duck hunt on. It's about 1,500 acres. The guy owns heavy equipment. So when he gets bored, he goes and builds another tank or pond, whatever you want to call it. Nice. Yeah, so... Uh, anyway uh, i tell him about it. like man I, you know there's ducks everywhere I've, I've gone out there and tank jumped or whatever and he's like no nah, man there's there's nothing like it once you set some decoys out and take somebody that knows what they're doing you you're gonna be hooked i promise and uh so anyway at, at the time i was in sales um and uh, for oilfield company and one of my customers he's he's from east texas where duck hunting's big and he was talking about duck hunting and he had a lab and he was like yeah you know since i moved here it, it i just hadn't gotten to go and i said and I'd always tell him, hey man, yeah, you know, I drove by that tank I was telling you about. There's, they, We call them the double tanks. There's two side by side, and they're both two to three acres, something like that, nice size. And uh, anyway, I told him, hey, I said, hey, drove by the double tanks, you know, and they are at least 300 birds on one of them, you know, <laughs> at, at least 150 on the other. And, and you know, I, I think now looking back, he's probably rolling his eyes like, oh, sure, there was. Yeah, another. right. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it, it for a month you know i was like hey you know went back out there there's a bunch of birds let me know if you ever want to go so finally he was like hey what are you doing tomorrow morning i was like I, you know i don't know you tell me yeah this is <laughs> uh can, can we go duck hunting at that place yeah sure man we get out there and uh we actually had to build a duck blind out of it we we brought a chainsaw and cut down a cedar bush and yeah and built a blind right there on the spot the whole and, deal yeah <laughs> and uh Anyway, he kind of asked me, hey, where were, where were the majority of the ducks at? And, you know, so we luckily there were, happened to be a cedar tree sitting there. And, and uh, the guy with the heavy equipment, he has long since cleared out that cedar tree, so it's hard <laughs> to find a place to sit over there anymore. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that morning it was uh, – so the places I hunt, we don't get a whole lot of mallards, which, you know, everybody views as kind of the trophy duck, but we yeah. get about everything else uh you get your teals you, you you know i've had some phenomenal teal hunts out there uh, we get a lot of widgeon uh gadwall um pentails canvas backs redheads you know there'll be sometimes that no problem to every person the blind get a limit of redheads and then they kind of go on to the coast and it, it's kind of hit or miss on them but i mean lots of canvas backs have been killed on that property yeah uh, just it's a great duck hunting property anyway i take him out there and sure enough that morning we we shoot uh, at the time. You could shoot one canvas back a piece. We got those.
0: Golly! Uh,
1: you could. I can't remember the pintail at the time, but we ended up only shooting one a piece anyway. But bull, bull sprigs, you know. And, yeah. And, you had and, no uh, idea. And then, <laughs> the we had Widgeon, we had Gadwall, We didn't shoot a single diver, even though we had them come in. You know, I. Now looking back, I I didn't know what he was doing, but birds would come past us, and you know, I'd I'd wait for the shot like you do. You know, whenever we got there, he told me the deal you know hey this out's gonna go down and we'll call the shot you shoot your lane i shoot my lane yeah and uh so anyway we're done shot our two-man limit probably i don't know 30 minutes 45 minutes and goodness and he told me after the honey said dude he said don't tell anybody else about this place this is uh this (laughs) is a honey hole keep this quiet man keep
0: this quiet (laughs) so yeah
1: ever since then you know i I guess that was probably 14 years ago
3: yeah yeah
1: that's awesome yeah so and this place is, has so many birds that we ended up, I didn't have decoys, didn't have a dog. And I was telling my buddies, hey, this duck hunt's cool, you know. So we, we I would go drive around on a Friday morning, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, on my way to work and, and kind of figure out which tank had some ducks on it, smaller tanks. And So we went out Saturday morning, sat on this tank dam, and, and uh, shot a three-man limit <laughs> without decoys or anything. <laughs> Just birds coming in to feed. And,
0: Golly. Yeah. That's awesome. So that kind of ignited the passion of like, this is cool. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, I was hooked immediately. You know, that first year it was – which, you know, this place, uh, I I don't know. You know, I didn't keep up with uh, bird numbers at the time and things like that, but uh, this place had never been duck hunted. So you – you drive across the tank. Damn, they wouldn't even get up. You know, they'd been coming here for who knows how long. They're safe. They know never been shot at. Yeah, you know, except maybe a guy driving by with AR-15 or something. I don't know if I can say that on here, but <laughs> you can say. <laughs> anyway, it. But uh, yeah, so they felt safe. So every tank on that place had birds on it, and it, and uh, anyway, just spend. The, the birds don't pile up like they used to, but you you still go out and get great hunts every year.
0: Yeah, so uh so you're hooked on duck hunting. You continue on, and then uh, I think that's when, so you were, one reason I wanted to have you on here, uh, great storyteller, I love talking to you, hanging out with you, but you were kind of the first one that took me on my first official duck hunts. So when I was younger, I would you know, done some tank hopping or whatever with a buddy yep. or whatever, but I remember uh, you said something one time at church about, hey, would you want to go duck hunting? And I was like, man, I, I like it. I like the thought of it. Uh, I haven't ever like officially done it. Um, but yeah, I'd love to go. And you invited me and that was the first hunt that I saw kind of like the same thing this guy did. He, uh, you took me out, We threw out decoys, I didn't have waiters. Uh, I remember going and trying on waiters the night before at Academy and I was yeah. like, man, I can't pull the trigger on these $79 yeah. waiters. I Put don't you know. you bottom the next night. That's yeah, that's right. I was hooked. So I was like, uh, I remember prepping, and then I didn't really know what was going on that morning, but we got there, and uh, that's what got me hooked, man. is you taking me on that first hunt, and just seeing—I remember uh, just everything that happened. Throwing decoys, you had your dog there. It was Sprig at the time, right? Yeah. And uh,
1: by the way, Sprig was a uh, German short hair that I named Sprig after after Drake Pentails.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was—I'd never seen. You know, you always see videos and pictures and labs yeah. hunting. Sure. So I remember asking, what kind of dog is that? And then, of course, I wanted a, a GSP because it's like, that thing is awesome. This yeah. was so cool. But uh, yeah, so I remember sitting there throwing decoys out and you, uh, we'll talk in a bit about kind of how you set up and, and kind of your duck hunting methodology. But I didn't really know going that morning what was happening. I just knew yeah. we're going to hunt some ducks. So you set it up. We, I think we brought a chainsaw, cut some limbs down, made our, made our little blind there. And then we're sitting there and then you start calling and there's ducks coming in and we shoot. I think we shot limits that morning. Didn't we? Pretty close. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, it was a
1: good, yeah. I, I, so I tried to find the pictures on the way over here of that first hunt. Did you? Yeah. I couldn't find them. I guess, uh, they're safe somewhere else, but I, now that you say a lot that. of widgeons, I remember that everybody got a pintail. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I can't remember. We, sometimes we shoot some ringnecks, bluebills. blue bills. Yeah. But uh, if if I know we don't have to shoot the divers, we're not going to. <laughs> That's right.
0: So I don't. Now that you say about the pictures, I remember taking pictures of my phone of Sprig mm-hmm. with the ducks, but I didn't go on back that rock. The, yep, on the yeah. rock. So uh, of course I didn't know what one duck was from another. Sure. And you're telling me, hey, we shot pintails and yeah. I knew you had a pintail on your wall, but. For me, it was like, I don't know much about this, but I know I love it. (laughs) I know I love every bit of this. I love watching the dog retrieve the ducks. I love seeing the decoys go out and all that. You know,
1: I I tell people all the time that uh, whenever I'm telling them about it, um, everybody, at least in the state of Texas, you know, it's a holiday um, during dove season, opening day of dove season, opening weekend of dove season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you meet folks that, they like dove hunting because of the camaraderie, and then they they have something else they like to hunt to, to actually for the sport of the hunt. Because dove, I mean, I tell people all the time, you can go sit out in a white T-shirt as long as you're not moving, and they'll, yeah. they'll fly right at you. Yeah,
0: it's just warm-up kind of for the yeah. actual season. And it,
1: hey, you get out there with your buddy. It, yeah, you get the shotgun barrels warm back up yeah. and just hang out, and and it's the camaraderie. But uh, duck hunting, I tell people, is a combination of I love to varmint hunt. You know, because you're having to convince something to come in, you know, and and uh, y- you're trying to fool their senses, their sense of smell, their sense of sight, all that, to come in and, and get them close enough to take them. And, and duck hunting, I've always said, is kind of a combination of varmint hunting and dove hunting. You know, you, you can sit in the blind and shoot the breeze and enjoy yeah. each other, and, and then, oh, hey, here comes ducks, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that today. I was listening to another podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about hunting, and he said, the guy on there was talking about, uh, like, the older he gets. Sometimes when you're younger, it's about going out, shooting as many oh, shells as you can, man. killing as many birds. If you're going to snow goose hunt, you want big numbers, sure. right? Well, he said the older he gets, the more it's like, hey, if I can shoot six shells and get six birds, yeah. like, that's, that's the, it's more of like a, you know, like when you're whitetail hunting with a bow. Right. The longer you do that, it's more about, my bow and what's going on and my hide and, and really like the actual interaction with the animal. And I have this animal this close to me and I'm fixing to harvest it. So when he was saying that, I was like, that's right, man. Like, I love that. We literally take pieces of plastic and, you know, wood and blow and make sounds. And we're talking to these birds and they think that the plastic floating in the water (laughs) is there is birds as well. So it's just this, awesome thing that we get to do and i i love it so absolutely anyway that first hunt i was blown away again i didn't know what we were doing you said hey this is a really good hunt and i was like man yeah it was fun yeah but now that we go back and talk about it again like we shot some birds yeah it was awesome and a
1: good combination that's what i love about that place it's it's you're not ever going to go out there and shoot your entire limit of gadwalls or your entire limit of widgeon or mm-hmm. you don't have. Now, I have been out there where you have to, if if you want to shoot birds, you're going to have to shoot divers. You know, it's sometimes early season it's a diver shoot or sometimes later in the season you start running out of that coontail. Yeah. The grass, you, you get more divers in. but
0: Yeah, okay. I think the one, we've hunted it multiple times, and yeah. I think the – one issue we have is birds not, I mean, when they would land out in the middle of the water oh, instead yeah, of finishing in decoys. Morning. So it's yeah. never like a, there's no birds. I've never been out there when right. there's not birds to shoot. I'm going to jinx it, aren't I? No. Okay. No,
1: good. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe in that. Good. Good, good. No, but I have seen it before. You know, I always go uh, scout the day before. I, I say I always do. I try to anyway. Yeah. Uh, first of all, figure out which, uh, which pond they're frequenting and figure out where the X is, you know, cause that that's important. Yeah. Um, one day I dropped by there, and there's not a whole lot of birds anywhere around here. It's, it was probably three years ago, bad duck season. Nobody's got birds. I drive by this tank, and it is covered in puddle ducks. Not many divers at all. I, it's a tank that you could shoot across. It, there, The duck could not land anywhere on the tank. that you, you wouldn't have a shot on him. Yeah. And I'm talking there was, I don't know, probably 80 of them. Wow. We go out the next morning and this guy, he'd never been duck hunting. Or he had been duck hunting, he never shot a duck. He'd been like maybe twice. And uh, he, one of our mutual friends had brought him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this can be good, you know? Yeah. Man, we seen one group of four ducks that were flying a mile high over us really? somewhere else. <laughs> oh. didn't, I'm, I'm not even kidding. We sat probably two hours and that was all we seen. Like the day before something told them hey let's get out of here and they headed for the
0: coaster wherever <laughs> oh man oh yeah is he does he still duck hunt or was I, he like oh, I don't know gotcha I, yeah
1: <laughs> he hasn't been back with me
0: yeah he's like I ain't going with that dude <laughs> yeah, no gotta, ducks out
1: there gotta get up and get up at 3 30 in the morning
0: <laughs> freeze my butt off or see four ducks flying the sky. yeah <laughs> I could do that in my backyard. That's right. So that for me was the launch of like this obsession and passion for uh, duck hunting, waterfowling. And so of course I go start, I got to have decoys. I got to have calls. I got to have a dog. I got to have everything. So what's
1: the joke about uh, you can't be a millionaire and a duck hunter?
0: Yeah. The only how do you, way,
1: how do you, how do you, <laughs>
0: how do you become a millionaire? You got to start as a billionaire. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. it. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: expensive. It's expensive. And it's really expensive at first because, um, I mean, you really feel like you have to have all this stuff that, you know, like whenever you went with me, I, I probably, I've got a lot more now than I did then, but I'm sure I had quite a bit of stuff then. And yeah, I have people come with me all the time. I'm huh? like, Hey, how much, how much is a spread? You got here. How Man, I I don't know. I'd have to break out the calculator. <laughs> Take me a while to ahead. add it up. Yeah, but it. I mean, it's a substantial amount. But you know, I did it over years. You know, I I remember I bought, I actually I can't uh, game winner decoys, the mallards. So you'll get a kick out of this. I still use these decoys. Uh, they were they were mallard decoys. It was a dozen, so it was six hens, six drakes. Uh, now that I have good decoys, I threw the drakes away. Yeah, and I kept the hens because I use them during teal season. That's how small they were. Really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> once you like start duck soon, on, yeah. and you're like, man, that's that was a that's, little bitty. Mallards are big ducks. Yeah, but that's uh, funny. Yeah. I think
0: I have a, a dozen of those same exact decoys. Yeah. And you're right. Like you put them next to Avian X or whatever, yeah. and you're like, those they're dwarfed. Yeah, that's right for sure. So, uh, yeah, man, that started my passion, and then I literally went from there to then. Two seasons later, I'm like making a duck call to yeah. where it is now. So it's That's crazy. It's crazy, That's awesome. man. I guess Love that was it. five or six years ago, right? That we yeah. hunted the first time. Yeah, something like that. So, man, it's been a cool journey uh, all along. And uh, thanks for taking me on that first yeah, duck absolutely. hunt, man. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was uh for sure.
1: Hey, man. I, you know, you uh, you do something like that for somebody like you, or it, it, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, I see how many people that you take hunting and I'm sure you take new hunters and youth that might not get to experience that and stuff. So that's yeah. awesome. I, you know, that's, that's why we do it. Right.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask this question later, but this is a good time to ask it. Uh, I feel like every time I, uh, a lot of times when you go hunting, there's usually someone in the blind that's new. Like yeah. you have a passion for having guys that have never come out or starters, beginners, sure um so yeah do you i feel like you have a passion for that do you what what is that you like doing that taking yeah first love, time guys
1: love taking first time guys um it uh the problem lies in that you know everybody is like you they get hooked and then they're like hey we're gonna go next saturday yeah and I'm like man so the place that i hunt i don't i don't lease it i don't pay for it it's a friend a uh, couple guys that i grew up with it it's their stepdad's place and you know, we have other friends that like to hunt. And and so I, I always tell people, hey, man, I, if I'm going and I'm by myself, I'll give you a shout. But, you know, uh, they're the first two people I reach out to. And we have a group of friends that we've been hunting together forever. And yeah. they're the first calls I have to make. And then, hey, if I'm going to go by myself, I'll, I'll give you a shout. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it every time people are hooked, man.
3: Oh, yeah. that's. But not- I'm just
1: so thankful that, that I have been able to – experience that and have access to that place and then be able to introduce others to it. It's just.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, I love that. Like you're talking about camaraderie in the blind. Mm -hmm. Like we, we get to use it for, uh, getting guys out there and having conversations and talking about the Lord. And, uh, there's been a lot, a lot of times where, you know, you get to share the gospel sometime with people or whatever. But, uh, man, I love like, just from you taking me, like you're saying, there's so, I get to hunt with a bunch of different people and a bunch of guys. My son, I get to take him hunting, and that I remember taking him on his first hunt. So he, uh, I bought him a little 410 breakover. Mm I don't even know what brand it is. Snake Charmer? Yeah, just a little one. The barrel switches from a 410 to a 22.
1: Hey, that's funny because I, I mentioned a Snake Charmer. The first duck I ever shot, I was, man, 10 or 12 years old with uh, a guy I grew up with, his family on some land. They had a creek, and we were out rabbit hunting, walking really? this creek, and we end up jumping this duck, and it's making this crazy noise flying down the river, and I throw this snake charmer up. I mean, I couldn't do it again. <laughs> you know, yeah, even if you had it's all the same now. And uh, we drop it, and we end up having to go. I, I think we end up having to swim to get this duck. And anyway, it was, a, it was a Drake wood duck, and I still, to this day, have never, sh- since that day, haven't shot another one. Really? Yeah, I've had uh, two opportunities, and uh, <laughs> one time the ducks were about to land in the decoys at 15 yards, and I, bam, 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 whiffed them. Whiffed them. And then them. they fly towards my buddy, and he, he bagged it.
0: He got your yeah. <laughs> your wood duck drakes. Yeah. But oh, it was with a
1: snake charmer, 410. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: that's So I remember taking him. He's got this little 410 breakover. We're sitting in the blind, and it's a nice blind. You know, we're not. We're, we're just sitting there. It's one we built, and uh, I'm not letting him hunt all morning. I'm just having him there with me, but he mm-hmm. begged me to bring his gun. So we get to the end of the hunt, and he said, Dad, can I shoot Can I shoot my gun? Can I just shoot it? So I said, yeah. Oh, we'll let you shoot it. We're fixing to leave. I'll let you shoot one shell. Well, we had built this little, like, one-foot-tall platform for our dog blind to sit on, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a different blind that day, so she wasn't in that. But I had put it in the middle of the blind, and I'd set his chair on that so he could see over the rail. So I said, just stand up, get your gun up. You know, I'm talking through it and pull the trigger and shoot that stump that's out there in the water. So he pulls it up, you know, he aims, pulls the trigger, bam, it knocks him off the, I mean, it knocks him back off the stand. And he looks at me and he says, that hurt. You know, he's kind of tearing up a little bit. And so it for a while, it kind of messed with him. And then that was- Hey, you should
1: know better. I know. know. it's, It's like, it's like your gun dog, you know? Yep you don't want to shoot around them too soon. I know. Gun shy. You got to treat the kids the same way.
0: I want to though, (laughs) you know, because I'm like, I want you to love this. But that was last year actually. And then in the off season, uh, we went, when we went turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. He was worried about shooting his gun. We didn't call in a turkey. Mm. But after the hunt, he said, dad, I think I want to shoot it. You know, I'm thinking if a turkey comes in, he's going to have some adrenaline going. He won't even feel it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we'll go shoot it. He pulls it up. You know, we're at a little he's aiming at this little range and he pulls the trigger and he looks at me his eyes roll big wide, and he said dad it didn't hurt and oh, i said that's yeah. awesome and he yeah. said can i shoot another and i said yeah so he ended up shooting three or four
1: you're like but hey hang on it's a 410 we don't want to shoot too many because it's like
0: you know <laughs> yeah five bucks a shot <laughs> <That's laughs> whatever it is but he said Here, uh, shoot my 12 games yeah yeah, yeah. he uh, after four or five he was like yeah, it kind of hurts a little but since that day uh, he's playing football, you know now, mm-hmm. and their games are on Saturday morning, and mm-hmm. it was a big decision for him because he's saying, "Dad, is it going to affect me going hunting?" Yeah, which a lot of times I'm going to be guiding.
1: What is football season? Uh, for for him.
0: For him, when is it?
1: Yeah, like the dates. Uh, it's. I'm sure he'll get to do plenty of hunting. Right? So,
0: well, his first game is September 12th, opening day till Open season. Day of season yeah. His last game is. Hey, but the, you know,
1: I, I was going to say. Teal season on, open, on the opener is typically not very good. but
0: Yeah, I hope it's good. I, we'll see. I,
1: yeah, I've been following you on Instagram, Facebook. You've, <laughs> you've got more bur- more teal than I do typically.
0: <laughs> well, I hope so. But I hope they're out there. But And then his last game is November 14th, which is opening day of big duck season. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to his coach because I'm co-coaching with him. I'm not the head coach, but I'm helping. Yeah. And he said, hey, our first game September 12th. And I said, hey, man, I can't do it. I got a uh, hunt already booked that day. Yeah. So I got it. Priorities. Like, yeah. Priorities. <laughs> uh, I feel bad. Some like, the, I, I'm hey. like, man, it's tough. Uh, and well, I'm, it's what
1: you do for a business. I mean, it, it, it's like if I have a work trip that I have to go on, I I mean, you know, yeah. Family comes first, but sometimes you got to miss things for, for work. And this is what you do for a living.
0: Yeah. And that, so last year me and Colt went out to a place in West Texas mm-hmm. opening weekend of teal season. We hunted dove the day before and, Uh, the day before I left, he had practice. Or the day I left, he had practice. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it was a first and second grade team. He's in first grade. He's one of the smaller kids. And he hadn't been playing a ton. Well, Lindsay calls me as I'm driving down there, I think, and she's like, hey, he had an incredible practice. His coaches are lifting him in the air. He's knocking, hitting dudes in the mouth. Like, I don't know what got into him, but he's starting tomorrow. You know, he may play quarterback, and I'm going – you got to be kidding me, you know? And I'm, I think, I think that was a Thursday and he was playing Saturday. So I was meeting Colt over by Grayford and I got there and we were supposed to ride together. And I said, man, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to come back early. Like I just can't miss it. He's going to, he might play. Like I felt terrible that I was, you know, cutting out on the hunt early. Um, But
1: Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you, I don't care how good the hunt was. I mean, retract that statement if you shot (laughs) six banded ducks you you'd probably remember that over the football game right yeah i mean you and him will remember that for the rest of your life yeah he knows that you put him first
0: yeah and that i mean i got back went to the football game i don't know that he started i don't know uh he didn't he didn't play you know it it wasn't like oh he's an all-star but uh yeah it's one of those that's a hard deal as a dad as you're trying to weigh uh i've got i've got this hunt booked and i'm going to guide it um but he's got a football game. So I try not to overbook that because I want him, I want to, he's definitely first and my kids are first right. and I want them, I want to be there for him all the time. But what was funny is when I was talking to the other coach and telling him I couldn't be there September 12th, we got in the truck and Rush said, Dad, do I not get to go on that hunt? And I said, What do you mean? And he said, That hunt you told him you were going on, I can't go on that. And I said, Hey, I think you're talking about do- the dove season, September 5th. We're having an open open yeah. Saturday dove hunt. Are, is that the one you're talking about? And he said, yeah, maybe that's it. I said, yeah, you're going on that one. He's, oh, okay, all right. Just as long as, yeah. so he's like eating up with it. He almost yeah. didn't play football right. because he's like, he literally asked me before we signed him up, hey, is, am I not going to get to go duck hunting because yeah. I'm playing football? So at seven years old, he's eating up with it. He loves it. Just yeah. being out in the blind with dad. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. So it's, it's, hey, it's uh,
1: funny. You're, I, I feel like you're either born with a passion or you're not, you know, for hunting and fishing and outdoors. And because, like I said, I grew up on a golf course. Man, we, we, the cops were called many a time for fishing the golf course ponds. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> yeah. they, they took us home one time to scare us. And really, we were, yeah, we we're back out there the next week, you know, they don't care. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what, what environment you're in you can find a place maybe not to hunt but to at least fish
0: yeah that's a he loves i'm not a huge fisherman i love getting out there you mm-hmm. know when spring rolls around and i can get out there and fish but he he loves it yeah he, he wants to fish so anyway that's a huge blessing that he's already eaten up with duck hunting and yeah. i get to uh now i get to say hey i gotta take the kids duck hunting yeah. <laughs> you know it's not about me it's that's about right. that's it so anyway uh so yeah moving on to like after that first hunt with me, that ignited my passion. So I hunt for three, four years. We hunt together. I get to hunt around a lot of different people and see a lot of different things. One thing I started to notice is that you hunt, just you, you have some techniques and some things that you do, uh, some ways that you, some methods that are different than other people. And so I love them. I love the differences. I've seen like you were one of the first ones of course that I went hunting with so th- when I go hunting with other people I'm like JR doesn't do it that way I wonder what the <laughs> difference <funny>. is here <laughs> so
1: they're probably doing it the right way no Maybe you
0: man. should tell me what they're doing no after this well so learn from them. that's what I wanted to talk about a lot of like the things that are are different and and what that looks like but the first thing I noticed is uh like decoys when you go set out your decoys uh you know a lot of guys Texas rig them you put them all in 12 slot bags, uh, make sure the paint doesn't chip. Mm-hmm. I remember the last time we went hunting as we were putting decoys out, you were like, Hey, be sure to dunk them under the water to get the dust off yeah. of them. Make sure they're kind of shiny. Uh, a lot of guys are Texas rig, throw them in the truck. They don't care if they get, yeah. get paint chipped. They're just, they're just going. So what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on decoys? Groupings is another one. I know that you're pretty particular on where you're setting decoys and how yep. they're set up organization cleanliness of the decoys all that tell me what you think about decoys and setup
1: well so uh to the first thing you mentioned the uh the decoys and the cleanliness you know i just think that hey at the end of the day does it make a difference if it has paint chips missing probably not but what if it does what if if maybe you finish those ducks 10 foot closer I, i don't know what at the end of the day it takes you you know an extra maybe five minutes to to make sure all the decoys are clean and you put them up and and that way the next time you just show up and you throw them out and you ain't got to worry about washing mud off when you know when yeah. it's 20 degrees outside yeah absolutely. and uh but yeah it it I, what do, what can it hurt you know it, it can't do anything but good it's it definitely isn't gonna do any negative yeah um as far as groupings are concerned um you know i i uh early on um can't remember if i read it somewhere somebody told me but hey spend some time not hunting and just watching ducks Mm -hmm. you know and and this goes for duck calling too you could sit in a bush on the bank and let you know on a on a pond that you know some ducks are going to be in and hey listen to listen to them communicate listen to you know because if they're not scared they're happy ducks they're feeding you know um just pay attention to the noises and and uh Maybe record it, and you can go home and and try to replicate it. And, yeah. And because uh, there's a reason why, you know, you can. You know, we've all serious duck hunters have done this. You you pass a, a tank driving down the highway, and you, you pull over, and there's ducks on it, and you pull over, and you you're like watching them through your binoculars, and all of a sudden, oh, hey, here comes some more. You know. And, yeah. And you're watching them, and man, they're they're checked up and boots down, and they don't make four passes. They drop into them.
0: Yeah, you know, right, they don't, first time. They
1: don't, and there's always exceptions to every rule. You, I've seen them where they do circle a couple. But most of the time, when it's real ducks, you know, I've even been hunting on a tank, uh, the double tanks. And uh, you have some ducks come in. You, they decoy. You go ahead and shoot. And you, you take a couple, a hey, two fly off. And there's ducks on the other tank that didn't get up. And, and they fly straight over there, and they don't circle it. They just check and land in. Yeah. and. <laughs> they know the difference in a real duck and a fake duck. Yeah. You know? So, so any way that you can dupe them, that's the reason that I buy expensive decoys. I, I don't buy, uh, you know, I hope game winner never wants to uh, sponsor your show. because <laughs> I'm really burning that bitch for you. But, uh, you yeah. know, Hey, starting out, them. you know, you, you can yeah. buy a dozen for 40 bucks. You know? And I
0: still throw them in the spread. I mean, I, it's not like uh, I, I throw them out there with the other ones and they're different size and stuff, yeah. but they've, I've literally had them five seasons or whatever sure. They've and they have been great.
1: Have you, I mean, have they spooked off a duck ever in your, uh, probably not, you know? Right. Like, I, yeah. but, uh, I, I can be obsessive compulsive on things and, and <laughs> Hey, you know, at the end of the day, uh, uh you know, cost me hundred bucks. Go buy another dozen of, of pick your brand, you know, some nice ones that have a real paint job, nice paint job. And, yeah. And look realistic. And, uh, but, yeah, so uh,
0: – So I never thought about that until you just said it, that when you're watching real ducks, they don't I, – I don't know that I've ever seen them do that, make two or three passes before yeah. they decide, oh, I want to go down there. It's like they're coming in they're committed.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, so I, – I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of a few things. You know, like we talked about earlier, you're trying to fool their, their senses. And uh, so there, there's a sense of sight, there's sense sense of sound – they don't smell obviously but hey they're seeing something in there and and uh there's been a few things that i've always done that that i take seriously i so first of all we talked about setting up on the x you know hey you can you can have the best decoy spread with the best decoys you could do everything right if you're not where they want to be at they're not coming ain't gonna happen not not gonna happen so uh scouting helps that but uh anyway I, I uh, one thing that I do in particular is is like I said earlier I don't shoot a whole lot of mallards so I've got mallard decoys and uh, there's places that I hunt that have mallards and I'll use them but in my decoy spread on on the typical tanks I hunt I don't throw out a single mallard decoy yeah um, majority of the birds we see out there you know like I said I don't care to shoot ringnecks but I have ringneck decoys in my spread because Hey, the day before I came by here, there, man, ring. there was ringnecks. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, and I also put out canvas backs because we do get a lot of canvas backs. And, hey, first thing in the morning, uh, whenever it's first legal shooting light, your gadwalls kind of blend in, you know, your hens blend in. But I tell you what, those canvas backs and ringnecks, black and white, you know, that's that's the most contrast that that there can be. So yeah, that even though they're black and it's dark outside, they, they see a black shadow spot, whereas a hen – you know, can kind of blend in better in yeah. the first light. But so That's a
0: good thought. I mean, some, like, beginner hunters, newer guys, when you see it on TV or whatever, it's mallard decoys. That's what you're throwing.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the most plentiful duck yeah. in in North America. So chances are you're probably shooting mallards and you need some mallard decoys. Yeah,
0: um, but the the thought of, like, throwing some ringnecks in there, that's not the, bir- yeah. the bird I'm going for, Mm-mm. but they sit here with these other ducks and it looks more re- realistic to have them. It's yeah. a great a great thought for, for guys that are starting or looking at buying decoys or whatever.
1: Yeah. I'll shoot ring necks, you know, and, and I'll eat them and, and I'll be honest with you. And, and I know you're going to have people that listen to the show that give me a hard time about this, but I was told whenever I started, Oh, you only eat the puddle ducks because the, the divers taste terrible. Yeah. Hey man, I spent, you know, that first couple of years dividing them up and you know, what am I going to do with the ring necks? And Hey, I, I, took some fresh-killed pintail and threw it on the grill, and it was terrible. Yeah. And, it, man, some ducks, de- just depending on what they're feeding on, it, they they don't taste the same, you know. Yeah. And, and I've tasted divers that I could fool you and tell you they were teal, you know. Yeah. They do tend to be a little tougher because they have to work a little harder. You know, they're diving 15 foot deep to feed, and mm-hmm. so they have a little more muscle, a little less fat than a, than a puddle duck that kind yeah. of wades around in shallow water.
0: Yeah, the worst thing about ringnecks is cleaning them. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, it's
1: terrible. It takes you four <laughs> times as long. Yeah, it's for terrible. Sure.
0: Uh, I remember on that first hunt we went on talking about decoys. You had a, I don't, do you still have that pulsator? I do. Okay. Yeah. So I always this, have
1: movement in the decoys.
0: Yeah, so this pulsator is, there's a lot of newer versions. This one is, uh, I remember you setting it in the middle of spread you ran a cable all the way up beside us, hooked oh, it up no, to... Oh, no, that a
1: wasn't a pulsator. The pulsator was... it. It's the one that the battery is the anchor for it. Oh, I you're right. I have a pulsator, too. But I typically run, um, I don't know, four dozen decoys. And so that... You don't want to just put one duck butt out there. That, right. You know, that's good to move maybe a dozen decoys. But it, what you're talking about was the Mallard machine by Mojo. Oh, okay. And they don't make that thing anymore. But that moved so much water. Wasn't
0: it like a tiller... Like a, was, not a, a, trolling, trolling motor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Now that you're saying that, I remember that you ran, we ran the cable all the way up to us, hooked mm-hmm. it up to a battery. And my job for the morning was to press the button to make yeah. it go. And I remember all morning long, there'd be groups and you're like, press the button, press the button. Yeah. Press the, and I'd just forget. Yeah, like I, <laughs> you just get mesmerized.
1: Oh, there's ducks. And you, I mean, you forget about the button. Yeah. You're worried but, about, hey, about yeah, we, movement. And
0: I'm just like. Looking yeah, at ducks.
1: Hey, speaking of that, so particular on movement, you know, when have you ever driven by a tank that had ducks on it where the, where the water was glass? Yeah. Not possible. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, I. if I had to pick the most important thing to me, that's it. Movement. Movement, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking you have to have a, you know, a jerk string or just something that makes ripples that bounces off the decoys. And if you don't have wind, maybe it makes them spin a little bit and, you know just yeah any sort of movement
0: yeah i so we hunt over a pulsator a lot i mm-hmm. love that thing we have a, i have a wonder duck uh duck yeah. butt that spins uh another time we went and hunted <laughs> there's so, was so many stories <laughs> man i tried to home make a pulsator and the, <laughs> the place we hunt in santo when we're hunting when we're sitting in the blind i can see trucks on i-20 yeah. you know 18 wheelers They're going all night long like so we're sitting in the blind in the morning i make this pulsator it's the greatest thing ever it's cheap i took a i think i took a game winner duck butt cut it out whatever i did but out there we used it and it worked it worked yeah Yeah. we used it three or four times and i was like this thing's great and then you asked me to go hunting so we go out to we were on two lakes or something but uh we go out there and I throw it out, and I remember sitting there, and uh, you were trying to be nice about it, but you're like, "Hey, is that is that that pulsing?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, it sounded like an alarm clock." It
1: sounded like my phone whenever it was sitting on the desk. while ago. Yeah, from like
0: vibrated. way out in the water, and I was like, "Man, I've never had that issue before." I don't. I it may be, and then one or two groups come in and they flare, and you're like, "Uh." No, go get that wait. thing out of the water. So <laughs>
1: I, I remember what, what ended up. I I finally was like, yeah, I think we need to get it out of there. Because I went to go. I didn't have a dog at this time. Or either that or the bird sailed and dog didn't see it, whatever. I went to fetch a dog. And I was 150 yards away on the tank dam. And I could hear that thing. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, yeah, well, really? yeah, we're going to have to turn that off. Am I going to tell
0: him this? Yeah. And then you just, I remember you're like, man, that thing, I can oh, hear it all. Oh, there's a bit.
1: duck. Look. And I shoot it. You yeah. Know? Like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, but I was just like, I've never had that issue before. And then I think later in the week, I called you. I was like, I know what it is. I'm hunting by 20 and we can't hear yeah. that thing at all. So, anyway. And,
1: hey, once again, at the end of the day, do the ducks pay? Hey, we know that they can hear or you wouldn't call to them. Yeah. So, do you think that if, you know, if you talked about turkey hunting a while ago. Hey, that, that ducks are like hunting Turkey, except they can fly too. So, yeah, that, I mean, people talk about how hard it is to dupe a Turkey and, um, I love Turkey hunting. Um, but Hey, ducks have the same eyesight. Um, they hear like, like Turkey do. You got to fool them. It's kind of the same deal. So if you don't like to varmint hunt, my, my analogy earlier about dove, it's a combination of dove and varmint. Hey, it's a combination of dove and Turkey. If yeah. You're a turkey hunter. You know, Either same one. Same thing. Yeah. You're, you're trying to fool them, but
0: um, I always call it dove hunting on steroids. Yeah, I mean, it's like it it's is. dove hunting, but you're actually calling them in. They're getting right in your face, and they want right. to be there. It's it's great.
1: Yeah, but uh, so I, I yeah, I mean, does it affect it? I don't I don't know. But so then you got to roll the dice. What do, do I want? Less movement and less sound, or do I want the sound and more movement?
0: Yeah, yeah. I so the pulsator hunting over real pulsators. Mm-hmm. I love those things. I, I don't do know too. about the they make you know, noise too, and I'm they sure do ducks hear it and.
1: that was what was so cool about the mallard machine and you can go to youtube and look that up people put them in their swimming pools and stuff Mm -hmm. i've i still have the arms and everything i need i've really thought about going and buying me a trolling motor just to take the head off it to rebuild this thing to do that yeah Yeah, but i mean it looks like three ducks feeding perfectly and it doesn't make any racket as long as you set it deep enough and uh, it did have its flaws you know whenever you're hunting texas tanks it early season you get a bunch of coontail and yeah would, so you'd have to get there early and like uproot that stuff to make a big hole in yeah the, in the grass That yeah but
0: uh you got to press a button too
1: you do have to pre- <laughs> no you, actually i installed a timer on it <laughs> there you just go right before the troll motorhead went out you're like bed. if i
0: hunt with mike again i'm gonna have to have a timer on this thing He ain't gonna press the button <laughs> uh
1: everybody hey you aren't the only one oh, every there single go. person i brought honestly if um, if I could do it myself, you know, but whenever you're duck calling. and,
0: and Got your the, dog and yeah. everything else going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, uh, with the decoys, uh, I, I don't know. You know, you see some, and I think they may do it for video's sake or whatever, but some of them are literally shooting water, like streams yeah. of water across their spread, and I, I've never done that. I don't know how if it works well or not, but I do know hunting over a pulsator or a wonder duck mm-hmm. butt if I got some movement, some splashing, just so it looks like ducks are moving, yeah. it makes a ton of difference. For sure.
1: I, I uh, hunted a lake one time. It was a private lake. It was 40 acres. and uh, We got there that morning. We were actually shooting a duck hunting TV show. And uh, get there that morning, and, and um, the owner of the lake ended up inviting every person he knew. So we ended up having like, I don't know, 14 people. And this, hey, this lake, you could kill them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. I would take six people all the time, and and it, it, there was an island typically, but the lake was so full that this island was, like, calf deep at this time. Yeah. And everywhere around you was waist-deep water and grass. I mean, really? Dude, you would throw decoys in every direction, and you put people everywhere in every little willow tree on this island. And, it, I mean, there was no calling shots because... The birds, you didn't, you didn't know where they are coming in from. Everybody got to shoot their limits, and everybody got to shoot ducks. Yeah, Unbelievable. Anyway, long story short, so we had to split up into two groups, and, and one of the groups was hunting on the far side, and after we're done hunting, hey, we sh- everybody shot their limits. I mean, it was a pile of ducks. Yeah. And uh, after the hunt, the owner of the place, he, he was in that other group. He said, hey, he said, did y'all have something in your decoy that was moving water? And I was like, yeah. I have a. I a mallard machine out there, you know. Yeah. He goes, golly, we could see the water moving from over there. So it just, you know, makes that uh, flash and movement. and Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said a while ago, you never see a, a glass lake that ducks are on. Mm-hmm. You also never look at a big group of birds and one of them not, not be moving or, you know, they...
0: Butt up or something. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, so with Mojo, uh, like spinning wing decoys... Mm-hmm. I think we try to run some of those sometimes. If they start, I've never used one. But but that's what I was going to ask you. I've never seen you use a Mojo like a spinning. I do for
1: teal. I I actually use my Mojo Dove for teal.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: Talk about decoy placement. You know, like teal hunting. You uh, um, teal when they're comfortable. Typically, you go out scouting. It's hard to see them because they're so close to the bank. They're just and they're in a big ball. Mm -hmm. So teal hunting, I'll put my teal close enough but uh, not so close that they bump each other when the wind blows or whatever but they're piled up in a ball and i'll throw a mojo right in the center of them and it
0: works yeah so you were saying you don't throw a lot of mallard decoys mm-hmm. but you throw you had some big decoys that when i went it was like i think they were redheads or something were they like backs. oh those oversized mm-hmm. canvas backs that, yeah. like, and i kept looking at those things going that doesn't even look like a duck to me those things are huge yeah, which but canvas
1: backs are giant birds anyway yeah you know, they're I, they're probably the same size as a mallard
0: yeah so they but you're right that white on them I could see yeah before the morning started um so talking about different you have a a, a lot of different decoys mm-hmm. you're not throwing mallards I noticed you throw them in kind of family groups or different yeah. things out there like get what's your kind of thoughts behind that
1: well you know um whenever you're passionate about something you you read articles, you you know, over the years you piece things together. And uh, I remember reading a Ducks Unlimited article one time and it was a story about widgeon. I was like, oh, cool, we shoot a lot of widgeon. Let me read that. And it, they call them the robber duck. And they'll hang out with, with the divers, uh, even though they're a puddle duck. And the divers will dive down 15, 20 feet deep to, to you know, uproot some grass down there. And, and a lot of it floats up, stuff starts floating up. And those widgeon hang out with those divers so that they can. Really? Yeah, I they're didn't just know lazy and hang out up there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll typically, uh, my divers, I'll have them out in the deeper water. Um, and then I'll have my widgeon, you know, kind of spread out around them. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have my gadwalls all together, uh, my pintail all together. Um, and then, like we said a while ago, teal. Hey, even during big duck season, my teal are right on the bank I mean
0: balled up on the bank like yeah, that. yeah and a
1: lot of times you you know you almost have to sink that keel in the mud just to you know yeah just because they're up so shallow to it, hide it yeah yeah and I'm not saying teal are always on the bank but a lot of times you you know sneak up on a tank you look down there and yeah and they will be um yeah can remember where I was going
0: to go. Oh, you're, so family groups and different ducks and yeah. Uh So I I just noticed from hunting with other guys, you're really particular. And here's I want these ducks here and these ducks here, and you're really you got a lot of like vision and, and method behind what you're doing. And I I I love that and appreciate that. I've learned a lot from just yeah. seeing how you do it and what how you you know. I go into other yeah. spaces. And I'm like, where am I going to put these decoys? And I'm thinking. JR, do it this way, you know that yeah, kind of stuff. Funny. But yeah. I didn't know that about widgeon. That's a cool, that's yeah. a cool fact. Or yeah, cool so
1: I mean, you read stuff like that, and you are like, hey, I am going to implement that in my decoy spread. Once again, has it killed more ducks? Probably not. I don't know, but yeah, you never know. Hey, it. I, I don't think it's hurt me. You know, I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think a widgeon's ever cruising there. And say, hey, uh, they're, they're. What really, are they doing with their divers? Necks? They, yeah. Yeah, they're not cool. I am out of here. Yeah. But another thing I do is <laughs> judging uh, them from yeah, flying by right? Yeah, so another thing I do is, uh, um, yeah, I, and this is something that just about everybody does, but I don't think everybody understands why they do it. I probably just had somebody tell them, hey, you need to do this. But it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you put your Texas rigs, uh, you know, I'll put like a third of them on the front or on the back, and then the other two-thirds on the opposite. And uh, the purpose for this is is that, you know, once again, you sneak up, you're, you're trying to figure out where you're hunting the next day, you don't want to bust them off, and you're just peeking over and the ducks don't know you're there. Are, you know, are the are the ducks ever facing in the same direction? And, uh, no, no, never. Yeah. So, um, the only time they're facing the same direction is when they're about to bust. So you <laughs> think they didn't see you, but they did. <laughs> they're, they're bugging they're, out. They were ready to hightail it, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you want them facing different directions. And
0: That's cool. And then slotted bags instead of decoy rigs. You like doing that just to keep the paint from chipping. And
1: yeah. So you, I, I don't i shop at rogers online i don't know if you've ever shopped there but yeah duck shells decoy bags uh, anything duck hunting man it you don't pay shipping um, i think as long as you spend over a hundred bucks mm-hmm. um, shotgun shells you know i i try to shoot federal Um if, if I see some other shells that I like that are typically more expensive and they're running a deal, I'll buy them. But federal are usually pretty inexpensive. It's a clean shell and it's, it's a good shell. Yeah. Man, um, I buy them things for, you know, 90 bucks a case off there. Yeah. Free shipping. Hard, I don't pay hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, on there, you know, probably spend 30 bucks for the Rogers brand. And uh, so, if... know if it saves me from having to buy decoys i I think it's worth it it is a big pain in the rear end if i was hunting somewhere where you had to drag everything in on sleds i'd probably rethink that yeah (laughs) but most of the places i hunt i can back it back the pickup up drop the tailgate and yeah start chunking
0: at the ranch you're 30 yards from where your blind is or less you're right there
1: yeah yep so yeah that's the reason i do it i i used to keep them in uh one of those mesh bags and I noticed that, hey, the first season I already had paint chipping off. And since then, I'm still hunting over decoys I bought, you know, whatever, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Yeah. And they are still in the same shape. In fact, you know, still have pellets stuck in their forehead for my buddies.
0: (laughs) So I remember my first couple sets of decoys. I did the mesh bag, Mm -hmm. one or two dozen, something like that. I bought cheap rigs and uh um, hey whatever it takes to get into it. yeah but i i remember uh i had them set up i took them home put the rigs on there and i was like i'm gonna keep these things nice uh got out there my brother went with me and we start trying to unroll these things oh. and we get them unrolled and they're fine I remember but, those days but putting them up you know i'm like hey, wrap them around the keel and he didn't do it right and then he's you know <laughs> i'm sometimes it's like i'm kind of a little ocd about yeah. things too so Sometimes it's, a uh, you know, the weight is pushed in the front of the keel. And then the next time I'm out, I got my decoy gloves and I can't get them off. Yeah. So I went to Texas Rigs after that because I was like, Absolutely. I'm done with this mesh bag thing. But uh, anyway, a lot of lot of cool stuff on decoys there because uh, you just have a lot of, you have kind of a different technique that you do and I love it.
1: Hey, so, and once again, at the end of the day, does it help me shoot more ducks? I, I believe so or I wouldn't do it. But yeah. if it doesn't, how much additional time is it taking me to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You're not talking about much.
0: Yeah, not at all. Uh, talking techniques, uh, another thing I noticed about you, um, talking duck calls. Uh, a funny story about duck calls. <laughs> whenever I uh, whenever I started making duck calls, you didn't tell me this at the time, but I said, hey, I want, I want to get you a duck call. And I remember years later you, you said, hey, to be honest with you, like when you told me you want to give me a duck call, I thought, oh, crap, I'm going to have to blow this duck call when he's with me or do something to make him feel okay about (laughs) it being at least on my lanyard or something. Yeah, because I
1: I, I blew R&Ts, you know, and and, uh, a lot of people have trouble with them locking up, and I I lock up just about every call I have. And, in fact, that's one thing I love about your calls is I I don't lock them up near as much. Great. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I remember you telling me, "Ah, man, I was so worried about having to, like you going hunting with them and yeah. not being on my lanyard, but you actually liked it and yeah, used it. Yeah, loved it. So anyway, that that worked out good. But I've some... had
1: buddies buy me duck calls that uh, you know, and man, they're being nice and and doing a good thing and you know, they come hunting with you and you blow in it and the whole time you're like, Man, I wish I could break <laughs> out my call. This thing I sounds know I'm terrible. Them things <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. So uh, talking about duck calling uh i see a lot of different guys blow calls i watch Mm -hmm. stuff on the internet all the time i go to hunting shows see great callers see guys that are just starting out the deal with duck calling is to get good you just got to do it so i always have a call in my truck i'm always blowing on them uh you just gotta get after it and go it might sound terrible at first my wife and kids are always telling me stop blowing the duck call because i'm always blowing it but uh, so there's all kinds of different techniques out there. Some guys are going to get on there and wah, 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 quack, yeah. quack, Some guys are going to almost do a hell call when they're trying to do their quacks or mm-hmm. trying to. And then they'll feed or chuckle and, you know, machine gun or whatever. And some of that works in different. I'm not knocking any of it. What I notice about you and the way you call is it's uh, very the. It's very almost light at times. It's, you're not going to scare ducks. You're, you're literally, when I hear you call ducks, it's like, you're literally trying to have a conversation with them.
1: Yeah. I, Hey, you don't want to spook them. Right. Right. And I have (laughs) blown the wings off of (laughs) them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd tell it for another County, but yeah. Um, no, I, I, once again, I'm hunting Texas. I'm not hunting timber in East Texas. Um, I'm hunting tanks that it's wide open, you Mm -hmm. know, might have some trees behind me or whatever, but pretty open and you know anytime i'm calling i see them i know where they're at and um if you know if they're a long ways off i'll hit them but hey if they're right there where you're trying to finish them you don't have to be loud you know yeah. once again go sit on the tank listen to them they're not you know
3: they're not loud yeah
1: no you're not you don't hear ducks from 500 yards away like that tank. With you know, I yeah, can go check that out. Screaming at each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, they're not is. just sitting there in a group and just yelling hey, each other's ear. Off. Come over here. <laughs> it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. They're not doing that. No. Yeah. So I, uh, I didn't realize that the first time we went hunting and then I, you know, hunted a bunch of different places. And then when I went hunting with you again, I really noticed like he's being very selective on when he's blowing, how light he's blowing, uh, Quacks every once in a while, but not a ton of quacks in there. A lot of ticking, a lot of little bit of...
1: I don't quack much because I'm not a very good quacker. Oh, I should, I should well, there you go. More. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought it was all like, no, I, I, I just, have a reason. I,
1: whenever I do it, I think, that does not sound like a duck quack. Because, hey, one thing that scares me about the duck quack is they quack when they're scared and about to fly off or while they're flying off. Well, so there if you, you hit it wrong, you're telling them, hey, don't stop here. Yeah, oh, get out of here. We're about to get out of here. Yeah, you know?
0: Uh, do you blow a pintail whistle much? I do, yeah. Okay.
1: If, if we see a pintail, I'll, you know, try. It's really cool whenever you, you're not hunting with new people and you maybe you got a new guy in the blind, too, but you got other people that can call and, hey, you, you know, you do the mallard hen and I'll do some pintail or, you know, widgeon or whatever. Yeah, I try to communicate with whatever species it is. Uh, Gadwall, hey, you can take your mallard hen call and do that. Dude, dude. Yeah. Hey, you know? Mm hmm can't make the same noise but you can make the the gadwall grunt with your mallard hen Mm -hmm. so if if it's gadwalls doing that uh you know i watched a youtube video with phil robertson one time where he is doing all the different species of ducks yeah whoa he's good that dude that dude's blowing a duck (laughs) call i remember sitting there getting so frustrated he he does a widgeon hen And I'm like, man, I kill a bunch of widgets. I got to get this. Yeah. And I'm telling you, countless hours, and I can't get anywhere close to that dude. No.
0: He's so good, man. Yeah. Awesome. So I think, like, now that you're talking about how you call, uh, you're using all the different calls, but you have all those ducks in your spread. Yeah. Like, you have. It's not like you've got uh, just mallards out there. A, A lot of times, I'm running just mallards, so I'm blowing a mallard hen call. Yeah. But you've got... Your divers out there, you got your gadwalls, you got yeah. everything. And hey, so. here's a
1: good case study. So, you've only got mallards out there. And then those, and you blow a pintail whistle whenever you see a pintail. Mm-hmm. And you've shot pintail. Yeah. Yeah, so... See, good case study. That is true. I've wasted time all these years you know, <laughs> being so no. particular.
2: Dude, but I love it.
0: I, I love
1: – Who knows? Maybe i shoot one extra duck a year. I don't That's know. right. You never know. I don't know. care. But it's the way you do it, That's and it's,
0: it. I love seeing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so from your calling to your decoy setup, uh, what's your – so when I first hunted with you, you had a dog named Sprig. Mm-hmm. Uh, now your dog, Covey? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you run GSPs. Mm-hmm. He – Is Covey a GSP too? Yes. Yep. Uh, What's your thoughts on some guys? We're down in Texas, so if you're listening to this up north, it's a whole different ballgame for how cold it is. I mean, here we don't have hardly any mornings below zero, ever hardly. Uh,
1: The coldest duck hunt I've ever – we had a few days of, like, 20 something being low 20s being the high yeah and i ended up going duck hunting and that morning i pulled in the gate and i remember taking a picture it was nine degrees mm-hmm. and after a few days of it being that low i mean i've had to break ice before but this was legit breaking ice yeah and i had that mallard machine and it would de-ice <laughs> usually you know oh, yeah it's not that cold until we don't need de-icers but right. it would it would not that morning man it was freezing up around my decoys. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. German short here went to fetch a duck that had fallen on the ice, yeah. and um, they're not as uh, biddable as Labs sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> Nah, that's a bad idea. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, No, nope, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm going to get him, and he falls through the ice, and he can't he can't get back on the ice, and, I, and every time he tries, he breaks the ice, ends up breaking a chunk of ice that fit perfectly in between all four legs on his belly. And so now he can't paddle his legs, and he's literally sinking. And dude, I'm like, it's nine degrees, but I'm going swimming. I'm going to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know? But uh, anyway, I, I did. I was able to to reach out there and grab him, drag him back in. But really, but yeah. So GSPs. Uh, the reason I hunt GSPs is because I I did a lot of research before I bought my first dog. Because hey, that's a long-term investment mm-hmm. i got rid, of, got rid of him after a few years <laughs> <laughs> sold him to a friend too and I, I told him up front all the problems i had with him but anyway uh i re- did a lot of research on the most all-purpose hunting dog and you know this is a duck hunting podcast so lots of lots of lab owners out there but yeah and i know you own one too awesome dogs you yeah know? but um as far as they make pointing labs Mm -hmm. and because i like to hunt quail Mm -hmm. um and a lab will obviously uh fetch dove but hey i had a pit bull one time i taught to fetch dove that's you know i don't (laughs) want him just to fetch i want an all-purpose hunting dog yeah and you know if if i had the time and wanted to i could teach him to blood trail i'm sure you can do that with labs whatever but Mm -hmm. um they are an absolute all-purpose hunting dog and uh, one of the articles that i read that really sold me on them was this guy he lived in arizona and uh he said that uh he was up in the mountains grouse hunting or something like that early in the morning and it and it was freezing cold and uh or no I'm sorry F- flip that he was up in the mounting mountains uh hunting ducks and it was freezing cold gotcha and he's hunting gsp's they fetch the ducks no problem i've I, i've never they'll shiver and stuff but I, i've never had one quit like it's so cold i'm yeah. going go hide somewhere mm-hmm. um But uh, so he goes duck hunting, and then that afternoon he goes down in the desert in Arizona, where it's you know hot, and he hunts quail. He's like, and these things are just all purpose; they'll do it all. Yeah. So uh, they do have web feet, so they're they're made for water retrieval. Um, But that's actually what they're bred for. You know, German Shorthair was bred um, in Germany, obviously, and uh, it was whenever the middle class. Or the lower class, one of the others. I think it's middle class started actually getting to hunt and starting to do more hunting. You know, at the time, rich people had all a, a special purpose dog for everything. They, they had a dog for hunt rabbits, a dog for hunt birds. They yeah, the They they had a kennel full of dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people that weren't rich, they they're like, hey, I can't afford that many dogs. I just want to feed one. Mm-hmm. So they bred the German Short Hair Pointer, and that you know that's the hunt squirrels. Oh, so you know. Yeah, and for everything I bring up, you can say a lab will do that, and it will. But I will say that you put a lab in the field with a German short hair chasing quail all day, and that lab will be dead by lunch. I mean, oh they, yeah, they're just they're built differently. So that's know?
0: why I mean, so you hunt a lot of quail, yeah. especially down in Mexico. Love quail, man, yeah,
1: it, it's a uh, you know, it, and I, I think I like it so much because you're hunting with a dog, and and he is, you know, like duck hunting the dog is just fetching it for you, you did you did 90 percent of the work he's gonna do 10 yeah and sorry if i'm taking credit away from you <laughs> <laughs> no no no. you're good a cubby. <laughs> but uh anyway and quail man he does all the work you know yeah you, know, you got to put a shot on a bird but man he just you know for every mile you walk he probably ran five yeah you know? and heck you might walk a mile to, to find one covey birds and yeah and it's just so cool to so one of the first times that i I uh, took him hunting. He was, and this is Covey. He was probably, I don't know, a year and a half. First time I took him quail hunting on wild birds, not pin raised. Um, we were hunting some rough country up in the Panhandle of Texas. And uh, I remember we were walking up and down these canyons. And, man, it was a workout. And I end up topping the hill, and I look down. And he's down there on point, but he's looking at me. And I'm like, what? Goofy son of a gun. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then he'll look in front of him and then look back at me. And he's still on point. And I look down there, and in front of him, there's a covey of blue quail. And they're just kind of walking through the brush in front of him. And he's telling me, like, hey, you idiot, this Get is what we're here for. Here. Yeah. Come on, Come what on, are you man. waiting on? <laughs> and it was so cool because, I mean, I know that's what he was saying because he's looking at me then looking at the birds, and he knows, like, I know I'm not supposed to move, and they're leaving us. And yeah, you know. and uh, that's awesome. Anyway, and then I let him down. I didn't shoot a single bird out of that covey.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> you know. So I remember uh, we went on a dove hunt after we had gone duck hunting, I think, and, mm-hmm. uh, the next season opening and, uh, sp- you still had sprig. Mm-hmm. And I remember on that dove hunt watching him point, you know, he was pointing, he was retrieving dove, but then like we walked by a cactus and he'd point a mouse or a rat that yeah, he smelled it's in it's there. Ratting. And so I just was, I wanted a pointer cause I was like, that's one of the coolest things ever that yeah. that dog will point when there's something in there to, to shoot. Right. So, uh, I don't do a lot of quail hunting. I don't know do a lot of that. So I went with the lab but man i love i loved hunting with your the reason i was asking that is there's some guys out there that hunt with uh deutsch Drothars or whatever yeah. they are and uh they do they're kind of like an all yeah kind of same thing and and they're hunting gsps on on waterfowl again in texas it's a different ball game for waterfowl because we're not as cold yeah. on the other end of the spectrum though if you have a lab and you want to dove hunt My lab gets hot out there dove hunting because it's
1: hot. Hey, so this the last time you know, I bought for looks, I bought a man, he was just beautiful, uh, liver spotted. He was
0: all he was just beautiful dog. Yeah, I love that.
1: And uh, but man, you go hunting and he's 100 yards in front of you, he's perfectly camouflaged, you can't see him, which is great for duck hunting. Yeah, but now I have a white one. So you got to hide him in the blind. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Uh, a white one in the field, man, you can see him from a long ways away. Mm-hmm. And so, that's cool. Yeah, uh, but the, the guy bought him from the reason I bought white this time is is I did a lot of research on a breeder. This the first one I didn't do any research, and uh, a local guy I knew was like, "Oh, you're gonna GSP Hey so and so down the road has a litter of puppies." Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that's easy, and you know, and he ended up uh, his dad was was german bloodline german short hair and they breed them to be hard-headed and basically you just kick them out of the truck and tell me where we're going to hunt today they're not biddable whatsoever and so i call this guy i'm like hey i just got rid of one i want a biddable one i want one that you know that i want to be with you Mm -hmm. know that I want to hunt with not one that i want to beat the whole day (laughs) yeah and man this dog i got now he's awesome you know that's cool yeah
0: i remember sprig you would uh, we'd be in the blind, and you'd tell him that you want him to lay down to try to hide, and he wouldn't, and you'd yeah. get fired up at him. <laughs> man, i to
1: body slam him, you know? <laughs> We've hey, all but been that dog there, man. Cool. So my dog doesn't do this now, but that one, I remember the first teal hunt I ever took him on. He was still a puppy. I, I don't... I know I'd been dove hunting around him, but, you know, you know around here, dove hunting typically isn't very good. Yeah. So it's not like I'd shot a whole bunch of birds over him, but we're sitting there teal hunting, and here comes some teal, and I take... And he is dead asleep because we hadn't seen a bird in an hour. He's dead asleep next to me, and I just clicked the safety off. Man, that dog throws his head up, and he starts looking in the sky like, where are they? He's ready. I, I was blown away. Like, yeah. That's a smart, stinking dog. He's yeah. too smart for his own good. I could tell you. We could have another podcast on stories of things he did to aggravate me because he was so stinking smart.
0: Yeah. I remember we were uh, doing spotlighting one night or something, and he was in the back of the truck. He oh. spotlighted some coons, and he jumped out. and. Oh, you ripped his collar off. Oh know. yeah, they'll do that, man. We've all been there. With but these.
1: you know, you get upset. But it's like that's why I got you, because you like hunting as much as I do. You yeah, know? And, yeah, yeah. So when
0: like, my dog, her first season, I remember uh we were sitting in the blind, and this big old bird. It wasn't a duck. I don't. I don't even know what it was. But it landed like on the other side of the lake. Can we all watch it land? And I'm like, oh, we're kind of talking. and I'm looking down there, and all of a sudden, I hear water splashing, and I look over, and my dog has. Broke, and she's like, hundred miles an hour across, yeah, across the edge of the lake to get this bird. And I get the, you know, the collar out, and I nip her, and she comes back, and I'm frustrated because I don't want her to break, and she's not supposed to break. And Colt looked at me and said, "Hey, man, I know you're frustrated with that, but at the same time, when she's nine, ten years old, you're gonna miss." Yeah. how excited she is right now and yeah. how hard she's hunting because she just wants birds, you know, when she gets yeah. like 10, 12, she'll be too old. And so I, it kind of made me feel better. I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't want her to break. Right. Um, especially when we're shooting birds, but, uh, yeah, like they just love it. Like she, yeah. When I get up in the morning to go duck hunting, if I put camo on, she knows yeah, we're going Yeah, like, and when I don't take her, she's mad. Mm, she's upset. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, so yeah, I want to talk about guns, uh, your dogs, and then guns. You, uh what what shotgun you shoot? You shot the same a one, Benelli for, guy. yeah. Benelli got, and you have a SBE two. Yes. And you shot it for a long time. A long time. You? Yeah. No oh, yeah. no issues with it.
1: Never. Well, um, what they call the Benelli click, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, my first season hunting with it, I remember, be sitting in a duck blind, and you're sitting on the on the ground, so you're loading it with the barrel pointing in the air, and I remember. Ducks would come in, I'd throw the gun up, everybody else would get a shot off and I wouldn't. And it just wasn't shooting. I figured out it was if you load it with the barrel up in there, you just gotta push the uh the hammer or whatever you want yeah. to call it forward. Back up there. Yeah. Um to make sure it closes or load it upside down and it it closes every time. Never have an issue at Never, all. Never, man. And I'm one of those guys that cleans my gun once a year. So <laughs> man, through the rain the I, you know, whenever I was researching a gun to get I, I told the local uh gun store guys like, Hey, look, I'm looking for a shotgun that I can load three and a half inch mags, go varmint hunting or goose hunting or whatever you want to shoot, turkey hunting, whatever yeah. you want to shoot three and a half for. But I also want to cycle cheap dove load if I so choose. Yeah. And he's like, You gotta get a Benelli.
0: There you go. Yeah, all right,
1: man. And hey oh he said too, he said, Hey, and uh, you know, something else you can use a Benelli for is if you're out on a duck hunt and uh your boat motor goes out, you can use it as a paddle <laughs> yeah. and still shoot it. Yeah. Everything,
0: yeah. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of guys out there that they're they've had the Benelli's, had the Benelli, or it's had issues. Everybody likes all Benelli's, Berettas, Winchester, yeah, Beretta's Brownings, whatever. Too. So uh but I always remember that gun because that was one of the first ones when we went on that hunt. And it's even in like a real tree, it's not a Max yeah, five came I bought a, it
1: used. I, I called the gun store. So I'd already talked to him about getting one. I got a bonus check, and I'm like, oh, I got to go get that Benelli. Yeah. So I called him, and I said, hey, man, what do you have? I don't have any. Oh, let me take that back. I do have one. It's had a 100-round cycle through it. An old man took it sporting clay hunting. and he, Anyway, he he didn't like the way it kicked because it's inertia-driven. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he brought it back up here. So it's got three extended choke tubes, aftermarket, and – Anyway, I was like, heck yeah, save a few hundred bucks. and Yeah. It's only had a hundred rounds shot through.
0: There you go. What? Do you know what pattern it is? What? uh camo pattern? It's like I don't a, know. It's real tree. It's, it's just a it's timber kind of. Yeah. yeah.
1: But at the end of the day, if it was black, I'd have bought it. You know, I don't
0: care. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what. I knew the first time we were hunting, it's a camo Benelli. The one I'd thing you. I'd
1: change about it is it's a 26-inch barrel instead of 28.
0: You want the longer barrel? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh. So, anyway. There's a lot of guys out there hunting all kinds of guns. I think a lot of guys get into debates on socials about oh, yeah. guns and all that. Hey, My dream gun is a Benelli. I'd love to have a Super Black Eagle 2 or a 3. Uh, I
1: think the 3, They. I, I asked somebody one time, I was like, "So what's it? He said, I had a 2, now I have a 3. I said, okay, what? what's different? You know, Do I need to go spend the cash to yeah. get a 3? He's like, uh, pretty sure all they fixed was the Benelli click. And there you go. Heck, you can you fix that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys had issues with them shooting high or something and then sending them back and Well, it the, comes with
1: shims. You can shim it and send yeah. it to whatever. Yeah,
0: and I don't know if the technology in the stock was anyway, there was but I think yeah. they fixed some of that. Anyway, guns, I just knew that you shot that Benelli, and I've always hey, liked and that. And
1: before thing. that, I had um so I told you I didn't grow up hunting. Uh had a friend in high school. He had the same place I shot that wood duck at, uh, just to phenomenal dove hunting place because it's it's we're in the middle of dairy country and uh there's a lot of farmers that grow silage and that Mm -hmm. silage heads out and whether it's you know sudan or or sorghum or whatever and uh heads out and brings in a lot of birds and he had water in the middle of all that and he had sunflowers and just awesome dove hunting which you know i miss because erath county doesn't have a whole lot of good dove hunting right and uh Anyway, I went hunting with him one day. Never been dove hunting in my life. And he's like, I got an extra shotgun. I'll let you shoot it. Cool. Yeah, oh, dude, hooked. You know? Yeah. And he's like, hey, do you want to buy the shotgun? Yeah. You know, how much you want? For 100 bucks. Cool. It was an automatic 12-gauge. It was a Winchester. I, I can't remember which model. but.
0: 100 bucks, man. Can't 100 beat 100 bucks,
1: that. yeah. I ended up selling it, you know, after I got my Benelli for 100 bucks. I didn't want to sell it, but my buddy was like, man, I really need a shotgun. Yeah. And I'll have the money. Okay. <laughs> but uh what's funny is like three years later uh his dad tells me he says hey yeah uh, you still shooting that winchester yeah he says uh yeah he sold it to you for 100 bucks because he thought the barrel was bent <laughs> and that's legit <laughs> really said, couldn't hit anything he said but eh, you know yeah he never had any issues for, with no, it no that's no, it, funny it was great that's awesome it would jam every once in a while but i paid 100
0: bucks man you know yeah it, you can't beat that no way yeah uh, you talked earlier. Shells you shoot, Federal. Uh, is it just normal? What, which? Yeah, I don't care. And just whatever Federal. Yeah, cheapest
1: <laughs> Federal they got. Yeah. You know, so we I, we
0: got into this when I called you. We were yeah. talking about the podcast coming up, and Boss Shot Shells, of course, is up in huge company. People are loving their shells. So we got to talking about, uh, you know, you're buying a case of Federal for ninety bucks. That's hard yeah. to beat. Uh, you know, at a case for two eighty or whatever. Like yeah. that's a big difference uh I've never shot boss uh one two I think it's an awesome shell from everything I'm hearing I'm planning on shooting it this season but uh yeah like what are your thoughts on kind of the the new business stuff coming out um depend compared to steel and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah research shows you know it has as good a knockdown if not better than lead I know steel just is terrible with for knockdown yeah um so um yeah, if – so since our conversation, I've done a lot of thinking. I'm like, man, you know, I, I spend extra on turkey shells, which you're not – you know, if you go turkey hunting, hopefully you shoot one time, right? Or, yeah. Or, you know, you, you in Texas, you get your four or five turkey, depending on whichever county you're in. Yeah. You, you shoot a box of shells. Yeah, uh, that's all you need. Awesome. So But, uh, you know, quail hunting, I'll, I'll – I'll if I'm hunting blue quail in the desert, they're a little tougher. I'll spend extra on some six-shot high brass. Hmm. Um. You know, I'll spend extra on all the other shells. Why not I spend extra on duck shells? But then I got thinking that's triple. You know, do do you think that, you know, it, you're going to shoot, a th- you know, a third of as many shells as you would with the Federals? Probably not, so. Yeah. I, but, you know, if you're not crippling birds and they're flying off dying somewhere else, because, you know, that's happened so many times where just crazy circumstance where the bird's dead in the middle of the road or something, you had no idea, you hit it. And, yeah. Um, So yeah, no, I I think uh, once I shoot up the shells I have now, I'll at least buy a box just to see if hey if I'm if I'm not getting any better luck with knockdown than I am with steel, <laughs> it's gonna be hard to swallow that. That's right. Yeah, triple the cost or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I mean, everything I hear about them, people love them. Guys yeah. love them. It's uh, I love hearing the. It's bringing a lot of those older shot shotguns back into play because a lot of guys are going to you know. Uh, the sub you know sub gauges yeah. um, 28 gauges 410s all that kind of stuff because they can shoot these shells that have a lot of power in them so i really like that about it um but yeah i think it's all what if we get them in the gun and see what they do you know yeah. if it's that and i think uh from everything i hear it, it is so we'll see yeah absolutely uh so then the other day we talked about this i know you're a huge proponent of this Uh, We talked about Onyx. Um, You hunt a lot of public. Don't give us where you hunt public. (laughs) But uh, you hunt a lot of public for quail and all that kind of stuff. So what is – you were saying, man, that Onyx app is crucial for seeing where the public land is and where you're hunting and where the boundaries are. And you sound like you love that thing. I I I don't use it a ton, but, yeah.
1: You can save offline maps. So, uh, you know, I – Working in the oil field previously, West Texas and New Mexico a lot. and Get off work, and, hey, I mean, in New Mexico, half the state's public. So it uh, pull off on a leash road and just go drive around until you bust up a cover of quail and kick the dog out and go hunting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love it because you're out there in the middle of nowhere. You don't have cell phone service. You've uh, downloaded an offline map, so you, and you can save water holes. You, you know, you can do a lot of your research before you get out there. Like, hey, it looks like... There's a body of water here and one here, and, you know. And maybe even map out your the the leash road you're going to drive to get over there to make sure you don't get on private land. Yeah. And, and it's just, man, it's awesome.
3: Yeah, that's that, cool.
1: I wish, I don't know. So I was just in Colorado two weeks ago. Uh, took the Jeep up there to go in the mountains and stuff. And Onyx now has an off-road app or, you know, version. My oh. Man. wish I'd have been nice yeah so I checked it out it's man got some great info in there too
3: yeah
0: awesome uh so what is your favorite favorite memory from hunting your favorite bird like is there a a time a singular hunt or a singular bird or something where you're like man this is one of the highlights of my waterfowling kind of career and everything I've I've done in waterfowling
1: yeah uh I don't know there's a bunch of favorites you know uh the birds you have on the wall or or, you know for whatever reason you chose to put them there yeah the pintail. you have a pintail, yeah yeah the one that the pintail I have on the wall I also have a buffalo head uh poor taxidermy job by the way but uh <laughs> it stays in the Who's garage the tax- kidding, don't <laughs> I kidding. won't tell you but uh <laughs> I brought it home and uh my wife doesn't know anything about hunting and my daughter at the time was like four or five and she goes that looks like Grayson did that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's that bad. Uh, A friend of mine actually shot a four curl mallard that same year. And we took both our ducks to the same guy. And he's same thing, you know, like he left it in the garage and he said, one day he walks in the garage and the butt had fallen off of it. So his four curls, which I could tell you a story why I believe that he deserves that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. um, But no, so uh, the, the pentail I have on the wall, pretty cool i i uh, wanted to go out get a hunt in before sunday school one morning just by myself and i thought heck shoot a few birds to get out of there i ended up shooting a limit and that year you could shoot p- two pintails and uh shot two drake pintails that morning and then whatever else gadwall or wigeon or whatever but both pintails were about the same uh the the one i ended up getting mounted it was uh, it's pretty cool i was just sitting there and this pintail did what pintails do you know you i always tell people hey Pintails are cool. You know, just look at pictures online. They just look so graceful. They're, mm-hmm. they're longer. They're leaner. They just look, they look faster. I don't know if they are or not, but whatever. Yeah. I just think, uh, I, I think that I read somewhere they're called Greyhound of the Sky, and I'm like, man, that fits them. Yeah. But uh, I always tell people, hey, we'll be sitting out here, and most of the time we'll see ducks coming in, you know, we'll work them or whatever. And, you know, every once in a while, it just, a pintail will drop out of nowhere, and the first time you see him, he's in shooting distance, you know. Yeah. And just – because they fly so high, and they just – they will straight helicopter down on you. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting under this willow tree. Had, you know, I hadn't seen a duck, so I'm just sitting there and looking around, head on a swivel, and and uh, all of a sudden this pintail is just hovering right in my face, and, you know. <laughs> big old sprig, you know. Awesome. Anyway, so, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it, I, I've shot plenty since then that were as big, maybe bigger, whatever. I don't – I haven't shot any that were like an inch longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one, but, uh, I've, I've taken plenty of people that probably shot bigger one and they've, they have them on the wall that are nicer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, one that I remember was, was, uh, a Drake Pentel. My boss at the time, his son was watching duck commander and I was like, Hey, Tump, come out and go duck hunting with me. Mm-hmm. And at this time I had a duck lease over in Dublin and, uh, took him out there and it was a terrible warning, man. Um, Birds are flaring. I uh, just couldn't get anything to commit, and that I I don't know that we shot any other bird besides this one Drake Pintail. Really, and so he has it on his wall. You That's know. cool. Um, yeah, there's lots of those. You know, like you and Justin both got to shoot a bull sprig. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, this year took a good friend of mine duck hunting for the first time. Like anybody in Texas, he tank jumped. He shot some ducks, but never gone duck hunting. Yeah. And I had scouted the day before. This is opening weekend, which can be hit or miss. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not even expecting maybe to see any ducks. Mm -hmm. And uh, get out there, and sure enough, most of the tanks are pretty empty. We have uh, this lake we call the New Lake that, man, it had 100 birds on it. You know, it wasn't, like, covered. Mm -hmm. And this is a big body of water, maybe four acres. Yeah. And uh, it's got standing timber and all kinds of stuff in it. And the ducks were down. On the tank, which is super deep, and so I knew I could not set up there. So I'm like, man, you know, there was some ducks up on the shallow end in these trees, and I'm like, let's let's just set up there. And I'd only hunted this tank one time, and uh, so I didn't do my homework well. But like we talked about earlier on the X, you know, they want to be at the tank dam, and yeah, but well, I thought I could convince them to come over here. <laughs> Watch my calling, get over here, yeah, but. uh Anyway terrible hunt we did shoot some birds um all of it was past shooting uh he he shot a canvas bag. that was his first duck ever during a duck hunt was a canvas bag. really, yeah, so that's a cool bird, you know um yeah, and he made it crazy good shot this thing's burning past us you know and he yeah smoked him smoked but him. uh yeah, so there's lots of those,
0: yeah, they so I think the time that me and Justin went and hunted, mm-hmm. you you mentioned Justin. He it was his first duck hunt, I think, uh official like duck hunt. And you had told us, hey, there's been some pentel on here. If we see some pentel, you will be sure and get get that, get the Drake. Yeah. You know, get the Drake. So we were hunting and I don't know, 30, 45 minutes in, hour in. Uh, you had gone to the other side of the the tank over there to to find a bird looking for a bird with a sprig and one drops out of the sky right in front of us yeah. and you kinda called and you said, There you go, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And we both unloaded our guns yeah. and whiffed. I mean, six shots. He was right in front of us, and yeah, I remember it's... the look on your face. You were just like, "I <sighs> cannot believe!" Like yeah. that, that sound you just it. made. That ah, oh. <sighs> like I heard you say that from yeah. across across the tank. There. Hey, that's
1: what happens on your first time. After that, you know, like hunt with that group of buddies that I was talking about. Yeah, um, uh, a couple of them had never shot a Drake canvas back and one morning we i'd scouted we had canvas backs on this ta- a bunch of canvas backs on this tank so it was like man we might all get one right yeah and <laughs> this canvas back comes flying in and i see them like hey there's a, there's a bull canvas back you know and uh so the two buddies i can't remember who had drawn that they get to shoot the canvas back first you yeah know? it lands in the water in the decoys and I'm like, don't you, you know, let me get him out of the decoys. And I stand up, clap it up, and and he gets up, and he whiff, whiff, whiff. And then the other one that drew second straw, he smokes him. <laughs> First oh, shot. my goodness. Hey, a second canvas vet comes in, and we're like, all right, take it. I ought to say his name on here because I got tons of funny stories to tell about him. He <laughs> deserves every one of them. I was fixing
0: to ask you about another story. I don't know if it's about him or not. but Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but uh, he's the one that had the butt fall off the mallard.
0: That, oh, did he? Yeah. Nice. But
1: uh, anyway, this, this second canvas back comes in. I think he whiffed twice and maybe gun jammed or something like that. But, I mean, it the it, uh, same thing has happened with pintails for him. It was, it, yeah. I mean, I think that you you get this thing in your mind and, and, I mean, he's a great shot, you know. Yeah. But for whatever reason, whenever it's that trophy bird. There it is. Just, man.
0: Oh, you just lock up almost. Yeah. Yeah is a is it the same guy that you were telling me wanted a pentel drake so bad. Oh, yeah. So I love tell us, tell that story. Yeah. Like the whole journey to his pentel drake, man.
1: Yeah. Well, so I'll start with the the story of the mallard. So, I lived on the <laughs> Paluxy River in Bluffdale, and behind my house there was mallards everywhere. Not a bunch of them, but you know, we we don't get to shoot mallards, so we're like, "Hey, let's go get our first mallard." Yeah. He's like, "All right. So I I go down there, build a splan, and uh we're sitting and, and he could duck call and he could call shots too. But you know, anytime we hunt, it's like, hey, you do you want to call a shot? You anyway, I was I was calling. I was going to call a shot, and uh, I was like, hey, by the way, you know, you, you can take the first mallard drake that comes in. He says, no, you take it. You know, like, hey, how about we just both throw up, and shoot at the same time? Yeah, and we did. Man, it was perfect too, because you can hear him coming down the river and oh, like,
3: hey, you know Dude, and he that's just awesome. pops
1: up and he's just right in our face and uh anyway so later on that hunt um we're sitting there calling in this group of i don't know man 15 mallards comes in maybe it's less than that, i don't know it always seems to grow in your mind oh yeah over the years yeah and what was cool about the spot the Plexi river is more of a creek for anybody else in the country but there's this pocket where where richardson creek met the Paluxy river and it created this hole and it was 15 yards wide by 30 yards long Mm -hmm. and it there was a 40 foot pecan tree you know that that was kind of towering over this hole so these ducks would have to come in and they basically come over and just cup up and just drop straight in on this hole i mean just beautiful to watch them yeah and man these ducks come in they check up they you know they half commit they got about Twenty feet from from the water, and they pick up, and you know they miss their mark. And I'm not going to call the shot. And he's left-handed, and he's sitting on the right of me, and they're flying right there where he gets a good shot at them. Throws his gun up as they fly by, and he drops like I don't know two ducks. And I just turn around, you know, throw up the gun, and I shoot, and I end up shooting a hen. And he shot this four-curl mallard. So, you know, that's my story. Like, yeah. Man, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> I'm glad the butt fell off. That's awesome. Should but, we
0: call him Ray? Yeah,
1: Ray. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, hey, by the way, the only the only band ever shot on a duck hunt was his him and my buddy's first duck hunt that I talked about that we sat on a tank dam and just they came in and we shot our limit while, you know, just sitting there yeah. without any decoys. That There was a banded bird shot and – he swears to this day. Oh no, I remember seeing it on his leg when he... Whatever. <laughs> he found it. Yeah. Founders, keepers, whatever. But I just want him to change the story. You, you, you don't know that you shot that. One of the three of us shot it. Yeah. We have a pile of ducks in the water, and we're throwing rocks to fetch them, right? Yeah. And we're we're coming back, and we're throwing these ducks in a pile, and there's a band, and he's like, "Oh, there's a band." And it's a banded bring neck kin. So I'm kind of like, whatever I'm going to, I'm going to get a way better band one of these days.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, care about that. One yeah.
1: Much. That's my story anyway, but, yeah. uh, I don't care. He could have kept it, but I just want the story to be, Hey, we all shot. it. Yeah. yeah that's right. We don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, he wants a pintail real bad. And, and uh, and this guy has been hunting with me, duck hunting with me from the very beginning. Been Y'all on, are
0: super close. I mean, yeah, even, now uh, super. Yeah,
1: We've been best friends forever. Grew up together um, uh, he's the same guy that I shot the wood duck, you know, whenever I was a kid. Same, same guy that shot, sold me the uh, bent barrel shotgun. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we, we set up. And, by the way, been on so many hunts where just that Drake Pentel would drop in, he'd whiff, or he'd, he had shot so many. Uh, I remember one hunt, he shot two, and one of them sailed, But he was hit hard hits the water makes a splash you know and he's swimming around over there yeah um and he goes to fetch him later and whenever he walks up on him before he can even fire a shot this this pintail dives on him never comes back up then later on that same hunt smokes this bird and it was like it was an olympic diver you know (laughs) as soon as he shot it this thing tucked its wings and like literally hit the water like an Olympic diver. Yeah. Didn't make a splash and never resurfaced ever. <laughs> Couldn't find him. No. I'm like, dude, you got the worst luck in the world. <laughs> uh another hunt. We're with another one of our buddies that we've we've done kind of with over the years and and uh anyway we uh we get there that morning, I'm like, hey man, Pentel comes in, it's Jay's. I know you hadn't shot one either, but it's it's Jay's You He said it, you there he is. He's <laughs> he's due. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's not raining. Right Sorry, Jay. Jay, yeah. But uh Anyway, um, so, uh, I was like, yeah, if a comes in, it's Jay's. Yeah. And, uh, so we call one, get it committed. It's decoyed perfectly. Throws the gun up. Bam, bam. And, uh, our other buddy didn't give him that third shot. He throws the gun up. <laughs> bam. Smokes it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and that bird is on his wall. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, that just throws some salt in the oh, yeah Adds
0: to it. Yeah.
1: Um. So, uh, anyway, on this particular hunt, he finally, man, pintail comes in, decoyed perfect. He smokes him. It hits the water as soon as it does. It's heads up, and it's swimming around in the decoys. And I was like, hey, you might want to finish him off. You've
0: lost three like that. Yeah, right? like don't
1: <laughs> don't take a chance, Just you know. Finish him Let's off. Let's kill it. Yeah. yeah. So he shoots once and pellets all around at the duck-to-knock phase, still swimming. I don't remember how many follow-up shots he took, but finally there's that one that just boom and it's dead and feathers all over the water, right? Yeah. Well, at the time I was in between dogs, so I fetched it for him. And I remember walking out there and I get ten feet from it. And I mean, I'm sure he's like, what could be that stinking funny? Because I mean I I can't (laughs) even walk anymore to fetch the duck. It's so you're laughing so hard. I'm laughing so hard. And I finally get out there and pick the duck up by the head and I hold it up and he had blown the entire End off of it. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, "Yeah, here's here's your chair. <laughs> Get that mounted, buddy. Uh, uh Hey, you could put your mallard butt on this Pentel. There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah. Has he shot one yet? I mean, does it like a one that he could have had mounted?
1: I don't. I, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: he still hasn't. He's still I on the
1: Pentel Drake so. hunt. Hey, and I'm telling, we over the years we've shot. I don't know, at least a hundred. Yeah, know? and he just, like a bunch. Yeah. It's just it. I don't know.
0: That's funny. It's crazy. Well, man, I think we could literally talk all night long about waterfowl for sure. This has been fun. And I like have a ton more questions I want to ask you, but we're, we're, hour and 45 minutes here so cool we'll anyway, do it around a campfire one night that's exactly right that's we talked about that then and uh let's get on a campfire and bring the podcast stuff out there and do that yeah uh we need to have ray or jay yeah <laughs> come come that's be right. on it with us and he can tell he his stuff. that's and, right
1: and man it's yeah
0: we'll know all about him and all the stories you'll have to video that
1: because that be. uh that would be a knockdown
0: Yeah. oh yeah that'd be but. funny so but man, thanks so much. We'll have to do it again because there's so much more we could talk about. I appreciate you, again, taking me on the first hunt. All your yeah. waterfowl knowledge—I love hearing you talk about it because you just—you're uh, ate up with it and you're reading articles and you got a ton of ton of knowledge and you're really really good at it. So appreciate you, man. Thanks for being here. You bet. Thanks um, for the invite. Absolutely. So thank you all again for checking out episode number three. Uh, again, we'll be releasing every week, week and a half, whatever. So be watching. Uh, iTunes podcast, uh, we're going to be on Spotify soon, uh, Google play, um, all those kinds of things to check out the podcast. Thank y'all so much for checking us out. We will talk to y'all soon. Y'all have a great season. Season's getting close. We're what? Four weeks away from dove season or teal season. Yeah. Yeah. Dove season a week before that. So get ready. Uh, hunting season's almost here. I'm ready for it to cool off, man. It was so hot today.
1: It was terrible golly
0: all right so cool thank y'all so much we will see y'all soon